In the first three weeks of this series, we focused primarily on our earthly relationships. And in week one, we talked about the foundation of relationships being love. In week two, we talked about the value of connecting with others. That we need to connect with others because that's the way God created us. In the third week, we talked about how to take our relationships to the next level. How to develop meaningful and, and intimate relationships with others. And today, we're going to turn the corner. We're going to shift our focus. And we're going to talk about our relationship with the Lord. How many of you know that is the most important relationship right there, right? Our relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to explore the health of our relationship. Where are we relationally with God? And so, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says this, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift alone taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not merely hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I love that. Isn't that a great verse? When it comes to our relationship with the Lord, Paul encourages us to give ourselves regular spiritual checkups. He encourages us to give ourselves a faith test, if you would. Now, he wants to, he encourages us to give ourselves a faith test to make sure that we're solid in our faith, that we're strong in our faith. Now, how many of you know tests are good? Tests are good because they, they reveal hidden things. They reveal things that you don't know about. Isn't that right? I mean, you know, uh, we have a doctor in the, in the house right now. Maybe uh, we have two doctors in the house. And, and doctors, they give tests. They give tests to find out if there's something going on inside the body. And sometimes there can be something going on inside the body that you don't even know about. But once they test you, they can tell you there's something going on that maybe you didn't know about. And I think giving ourselves spiritual tests is like that. They might be something going on in our spiritual life that we don't know about. But if we give ourselves a test, we might find out just exactly where we are. It's not bad. It's good. Don't you think so? And so listen, Paul challenges us. He says, he tells us what to look for when we test ourselves. And he says, he says, you need firsthand evidence, not merely hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. You need firsthand evidence. So Paul challenges us. He says, listen, check and see if Christ is really in you. And if not, hey, do something about it. Do something about it. That's the great news this morning is regardless of where we are, we can do something about it. Amen. So today we're going to give ourselves a faith test, a test to see where we are concerning our relationship with God. And we're going to use four chairs to help us test ourselves. And I believe everyone in this sanctuary is sitting in one of these chairs. I've done this before, and, but I like visuals because it, it helps you identify. So listen. You got to put yourselves in one of these chairs this morning, all right? I want you to find your place in these chairs this morning, and I'm going to describe them. I'm going to take time to describe each of these chairs and what they represent. And I want to encourage you to see 
if you can identify where you're sitting today. The first chair represents those who haven't yet believed or they haven't yet decided. That's the first chair. And, and what this chair represents is uh, those that are not yet Christians. You mean you could be coming to church and not be a Christian? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, some people here today are not Christians. They're in church. That's a great thing. But it, it's not good enough. you got to be a Christian. Amen? And so because you, you, you're not a Christian, because you haven't yet decided to serve the Lord. you got to decide to serve the Lord. Ain't nobody can decide for you. you got to decide for yourself if you're going to be a Christian. You see, what, what we need to know today is that going to church doesn't make you a Christian. And you know what else? Believing in God doesn't make you a Christian either. The Bible tells us that even demons believe in God. And then, you know what? It's not even just good enough if you read your Bible or you pray a prayer before you go to bed. That's not good enough. Listen, only a true, genuine commitment and decision to serve the Lord Jesus makes you a Christian. That's it. Have you done that yet? Joshua 24, 15, Joshua talking to the Israelites, he said, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, have you made that decision yet? To serve the Lord. Joshua told the Israelites, you have to choose whom you're going to serve. You gotta choose. Everyone has to choose or make a willful decision to serve the Lord. And someone may ask, well, what about if I'm not quite ready to be a Christian right now? Well, then you just made a decision. You just made a decision not to serve the Lord if you chose not to give your life to Him. You chose not to be a Christian. Are y'all tracking with me? You say, no, no, I don't want to make a decision right now. Well, if you make a decision not to, you've made a decision not to serve the Lord. You see, you can't stay in neutral. But the enemy will make us think we can just stay in this neutral position. I'm just thinking about it. I'm kicking the tires. Well, kicking the tires is not good enough. you got to make a decision. Amen. And so listen, remember there was a wealthy young man that, uh, that asked Jesus how to inherit eternal, eternal life. And Jesus said... In Matthew 19, 21, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the, man, the young man heard this, he went away very sad, for he had many possessions. So you know what this tells me? That you got to give me all your money if you want to go to heaven. No, just kidding. I knew you would really like that. But you know, in this particular case, this man's wealth was keeping him from making that decision. He went away sad. Jesus said, sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then you're going to inherit eternal life. And he went away sad. Why? Because he counted the cost, and the cost was too high, and he decided, I don't want to do it. So the, the question is, are you sitting in the first chair this morning? Have you made a decision to serve Jesus? Some people in this room are sitting in this first chair. And then the second chair represents those who haven't yet decided to follow. Well, I thought you just covered that. No, a little bit deeper. You see, the person in the second chair 
represents those who have already decided that I'm going to be a Christian. Yet, they haven't gone any further with that decision. They made a decision. Well, you know what? When I die, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And that's a great decision. But you know what? There's some here today sitting in the second seat. You've made a decision to be a Christian, but you haven't decided to follow him by surrendering your total life over to him. How many of you know he wants to be more than your life insurance? He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your master. Amen. And so he wants you to give it all. In Matthew 10, 38, Jesus said, anyone who does not take his take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You got to take up your cross. What does that mean? It means you've got to be willing to die to your own rights, your own agenda. How many of you know to be a Christian means you got to give up control of your life? And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, you got to follow me. It means you got to be willing to follow his leadership. You have to be interested in what he has to say and willing to surrender your life to him. See, it's more than just praying a prayer. Listen, the Lord wants us to go beyond just praying a prayer, beyond just deciding to be a Christian. The Lord wants us to be a disciple. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus told the church, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples all to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord instructs His church to do three things. Number one, He says, make disciples, which means you have to decide to be a Christian and to, and then to discipline those who decide to help them to discipline themselves to be more like their master. But then He says, baptize them, baptize those that follow, which means you got to help them go beyond the first chair into the second chair. And you see, the reason why we have a baptismal pool here today is we're saying, listen, if you prayed the prayer, you got to do more than just pray the prayer. you got to obey His commands, and His commands is be baptized. Amen? And so, you see, that's the gospel. And so then the third thing He says, teach them, which means we are to help Christians learn to obey God's Word, His will, and His ways. See, Christianity is not like you just go to church and you, you pray this little prayer and then you just go live your life the way that you want. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus said, if you truly want to follow me, get on the cross. Get on the cross. I don't want, no, I mean, the cross, whenever I think of the cross, Jesus got nailed up there. And so Jesus says, yeah, that's right. I want you to get on the cross and let me nail you to the cross. You lay down your life for me. And then, I can help you. See, some people are sitting in this first chair, but there's some of us in here today. We're right here. Now, listen, let me just pause for a minute. Our goal is to get over here. All right. We want to get over here. Okay. We want to make forward progress. This is the chair that we all want to be in is the fourth one. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the third chair represents this. The third chair represents those who have lost their fire. And, and not only does the Lord require us to, to be a disciple, a growing, maturing believer, strong in the faith, but you know what? The Lord requires us to maintain that place. He wants us to stay strong. You know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, listen, 
If you, if you get in a relationship, you don't want that person that you married to just love you for a little while. Right? Oh, well, I, we got married already. Why should I keep loving you? No, no, no. I thought you said I'm going to love you in good times and in bad and sickness and health. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you got into this relationship, let's stay in this relationship. Come on, let's keep the romance going. Let's keep the fire going. Amen. Revelations 2, 4 says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. So did you know the Lord requires us to stay red hot for him? He wants us to keep on fire for him. He requires us to stay on fire for him, but not just on fire for him and passionate about him. He wants us to get to work for him too. That's two amens. Come on, I could tell that didn't, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of draw on that statement. Come on, how many of you know the Lord wants us to get busy for him? Yes, he does. He also requires us to be busy about his business, ministering to others and spreading his love. And that's what he says, Revelations 2, 5. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So maintaining our spiritual fire and be actively involved in ministering to others is the responsibility of every believer. And see, some people, they got saved and they became a disciple. But now, you know, I should have had maybe a recliner right here. Man, if I'd have thought about it before today, I'd have threw you a curveball right there. But come on, that gives you the picture right there. How many of you know the Lord says, no, 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 there's no recliners. Get the recliners out of my house. Amen. No couches in my living room. Come on. We want some work chairs. We got a kingdom to grow. We got a world to win. We got loss to, to bring into the kingdom of God. Work while there is day because there comes a time when no man shall work. Come on, come on, brothers and sisters. The Lord called us into his kingdom and he's winning the world and he wants to win the world through you and I. Amen. So come on, we don't want to just hang out in chair number three, right? We want to finally get to the fourth chair. And the fourth chair are those who are actively pursuing a God-given purpose for Christ. This is the chair that every individual should desire to be in. And, and let me kind of paint it a little bit. Whenever you're in that chair, that's the best use of life. Because you are actively pursuing your purpose, God's purpose for your life. How many of you know God's got a purpose for your life? In Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. He's got a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. How many of you know the best use of your life is to do the purpose of God? But do you know that you can be a Christian and not be doing the purpose of God? Yes, you can. You can be, you can be hanging out over here and not over there. 
But I'm telling you, this is where the anointing flows right here, my friends. I'm telling you, when you get yourself in this chair right here, that's whenever you feel the anointing flowing in your life, the life-giving power of God. You can't just come to church. You got to make a decision that you want to do God's purpose. God, I want to know what your purpose is, and I want to do your purpose because that's why I'm here. That's why I'm breathing your air. That's why my, my ticker is still ticking. I want to do your will for my life. Amen. And whenever you make that decision to do that, you're not going to be able to sit down in your chair because you're going to have to get excited about life. Amen. Ain't nobody going to have to get you out of bed on Monday morning. The purpose of God will take hold of you and you'll be ready to get out of bed in the morning. I'm telling you, come on. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Come on. People who pursue God's purpose in life can expect God's favor. And His grace on their life. People who pursue God's purpose can expect divine covering and protection over their life. Amen. And people who pursue God's purpose can hope for a brighter future regardless of what you're going through right now. You know, the Bible says David served the purpose of God and then he died. I'm telling you, we will not outlive our purpose and we're not going to die before our purpose is fulfilled. It's God's purpose in our life that keeps us alive. Amen. Listen, God didn't put us on this earth to just occupy space. He didn't wind us up and let us go. He put us on this, on this earth and he chose us of a, a multitude of billions of people. And he said, you man, you sir, I want you in my kingdom. You right there, you, you, you. And he chose all of us into his kingdom. We are privileged people in the house of the Lord today. Do you recognize that? It's a privilege to be a Christian. Man, he had all these people to pick from that were faster than us, stronger than us, that were better than us. But he, he looked right over them and he chose us. Come on, don't you feel privileged today? Come on, don't you feel, man, thank God. Hey, listen, my coach might have not wanted me, but thank God, God wanted me, amen. Hey, listen, my teacher might have not wanted me, but praise the Lord, my creator wanted me, Amen. He picked me on his team. I'm so glad to be on his team, aren't you? Woo, glory. Come on, we got to get into his purpose, right? Jesus said it like this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Amen. You know what I found? Backslidden Christians don't have fun. They, they're miserable. I tell you what, Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Makes me want to spit. That's what he said, right? Jesus, that's kind of ugly. He's trying to get the, the, he's trying to get the message across. He said, listen, you are, you are my light. You are my salt. He said, I got a purpose for you. And if you lose your salt, what good is the salt? So we can't allow ourselves to get, to get lackadaisical. We can't allow ourselves to be complacent. The stakes are too high. The stakes, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about people living for eternity. And we have a chance to make a difference in their life. So Jesus said, listen, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. 
Now, what does that mean, Todd? Does that mean I got to quit my job and come to work up here at the church? No. Does that mean you got to quit? I got to quit take care of my children at home and come work up here at the church? No. You serve your kids like you're serving the Lord. You work on your job like you're serving the Lord. Wherever God put you, wherever God planted you, you bloom where God planted you. You be a light where God put you. You be a light where God has decided that he wanted you to live out your life and you're going to be his light right where you are. Amen. And it's going to be a rich life, a rich and satisfying life. Amen. God's purpose is to give each and every one of us a rich and satisfying life. And you know, listen, I, I told you a while back, I've been I've been a Christian now 30 years. 30 years. And you know, it's been a great journey. It's been a great journey. And you know, listen, when whenever I first got saved, people told me, "Ah, oh, you're just excited right now." Come on. It smelled religious. Like as if God can't keep you on fire for him. Come on, my friends, it's never God's problem. It's never God losing his ability. It's always on our side. Come on. Test yourself and see if you're in the faith. Are you in the faith? Is Jesus in you? Is he working in you? I believe Jesus wants to work in us in a greater way. Don't you? I believe so. So how do you tap into that rich and satisfying life? Well, you start over here. You start over here in chair number one. You got to sit in this first chair. And so listen, if you're in this first chair, you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision to give your life to Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, you got to make a decision. So listen, the devil will be content with you just coming to church. But come on, the Bible says we got to be wiser than the serpent and gentler than the dove. Listen, he will, he will let you Use Christianese. He'll let you read your Bible and pray a couple of prayers in the, in the evening before you go to bed as long as you don't make a decision to give your life to Him. So, how many of you, you're sitting here this morning. Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Have you made a decision for Christ? Would you do me a favor and just stand right now? Would you just bow your head with me for just a moment? If you're here today and you say, Todd, I've never really made a decision. I've never really committed my life. But I'm ready to do so. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you indicate that by just raising your hand? Just raise it. Raise it high. Okay, way back here. But right here, sir, don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Come on, this is eternity right here. Come on, go for it like you just found out you can get the greatest treasure that the earth has to offer. Raise your hand if you say, Todd, this is me. I need to make that decision. I need to make that commitment. Just raise your hand and wave it at me. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to decide. Come on, there you go, ma'am. I'm ready to decide right here, ma'am. There you go. Come on. Don't let the devil rob you of it. Don't let him steal you from the treasure, from the greatest blessing that 
that you could ever have. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, do me a favor, raise both of them. Raise both of them and say, tell the Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender, Lord. Come on. I surrender. Come on. The Lord's still working on your hearts. Come on. He's trying to encourage you to make that decision right now. There you go. There's another hand. Come on. There's another hand. Come on. Let, don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let the enemy steal it from you. There you go. Another hand. Listen now, those of you that have your hands raised, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to go against your will and step right out of the pew and come right up here. Come right up here to the altar. I want to pray for you. Just slip out. Just come on, slip out right now. Just come on down right now. Come on. Thank you, ma'am. Congratulations. 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 The angels in heaven are rejoicing. The angels know about the power of this decision. The angels know the power of a soul that is surrendered to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Would you do me a favor and just slip right over here and join this lady right here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Now I want you to just bow your head. And just bow your heart in humility before the Lord. And just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for every sin that I've ever committed. Lord Jesus, I'm deciding to serve you today. Come on, tell him that. I am deciding. I am making the decision that I'm going to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and washing my sins away. Lord, I want to live my life for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that agreed, come on, said with them, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you just wait there one minute, we want to give you some resources. We want to know who you are. We're going to pray for you. And we good. welcome to the family of God. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Now, come on. How many of you prayed that prayer before? And you know you're a Christian. Amen. All right. Now, let me ask you. How many of you just slipped over here? Slipped over here. You prayed that prayer. But it's like you bought the car, but you're not doing anything with it. You gave your life, but you're not doing anything with it. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. You know, these four chairs can represent the four seeds of the parable of the sower. And he's saying, listen, it's not just good enough to give your life to Christ. You've got to move on to maturity. Because when the winds and the waves come, whenever the storms of life come, you won't survive. You've got to get rooted and grounded. Amen. Come on, you've got to go all the way in. You've got to surrender all the way. Amen. Listen, if you're a Christian... And you've never been water baptized. Listen, we have it. We have shorts. We have t-shirts. We have towels. I just encourage you to take the next step and walk in obedience and get baptized. We'll baptize you between this service and that service. Amen. I encourage you to do it today. Don't delay your obedience because there's a blessing. Listen, people come in that tank and they come out of that tank with a new level of blessing on their life because God always rewards obedience. Amen. Listen, God didn't save you to just have you as just one of his people. 
He wants to be in relationship with you. Come on, you need to get in the Word. You got to spend time in His presence. You got to put the effort in. Get in life groups to grow and mature so that when you go through the storms of life, you're going to survive. Are y'all with me? Now, come on. How many of you say, man, as I take the test, I think I might be right over here. I mean, I gave my life to Christ, but I haven't gone anywhere with it. How many of you today, you say, Todd, I I need to move on. I need to head that way. Come on, anybody would like to indicate that today? Say, man, God's speaking to me today. Come on, we're giving the faith test today. It's not, it's, it's okay. We're all here somewhere. Amen. And listen, by the way, you could be over here and slide back this way. Amen. But where are you today? Amen. Where are you today? All right. So now the Lord don't want you to stay here. He wants you to move over here. And maybe at one time you used to be on fire for God. You must, you, you knew God. You hear, heard his voice and you felt his presence and, and you just was close to the Lord. But life got in the way. The Bible says cares cares choke the word life happens we got stuff to take care of we got people to call and tend to and life gets in the way and it snuffs out the fire and God's saying today come on it's time to get reignited Come on, it's time to get reignited. And the Lord's wanting to say, listen, I didn't bring you to this place to let you go back there. I'm, I'm bringing you somewhere. And it's time to make a recommitment, rededicate it. And I want you to do something for me. I want you to serve me. I want you to help me build my kingdom. Come on, how many of you say amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, if you go out in the foyer, you'll see all those places to serve in the ministry to help build this kingdom. We're not just doing that. The Bible says that we as pastors are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so the body of Christ can be built up. Amen. Come on. We build the body of Christ up together. But come on. We got to put our hand on the plow. We got to do something. We got to get involved and we can build the kingdom of God. Now, come on. Ask the question. Are you here? Are you here today? It's just between you and Him. Come on, if you're here today, why don't you make a commitment? Say, you know what? It's time to up my it's time to up my game. It's time to up my game. Jesus is too important. He's too valuable to me. He's done too much for me to stay over here. Come on, I gotta go over here. Amen. I got to go over here because it's right here that the power of God begins to flow. The purpose of God begins to flow. Come on. He's got a destiny for you. He's got a purpose for you. Come on. Some of you, you listen, you're almost here, but you're not quite there. Come on. Let's give the Lord our all today. Are you willing to do that? Come on, let's close in prayer. If you have the liberty and the freedom, would you do me a favor and just lift your hands, open your arms, do something, and let's just commit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, you gave me this life. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to squander it. Lord, I don't want to just spend the energy and the life that you gave me doing my own thing, living my own life. Lord, I want to live it for you. Lord, I want to make a difference in your kingdom. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that, God, you would release your grace. God, I pray, Lord, empower us today. Lord, break everything off of us that is keeping us, Lord. And, God, may we move May we move chairs. And, God, may one by one each of us in this room Lord, end up in that fourth chair so that when we've done, when we've lived our life and we've given our all, we can hear you say, well done, 
thou good and faithful servant, enter in the joy of the Lord. How many of you want to hear that whenever you breathe your last? Well done. Well done. Come on. Let's give him praise. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for picking us. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that your grace, God, would just be released on every heart and every life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.